It is ancient Jerusalem in approximately 33 AD. The air is cold and the night black this Sunday morning after the crucifixion of Jesus. To many, it was just another execution of a Jew, but to these four, it was life-changing. They are all in different places, but their minds are all on this one day and that one event. They are sure it will be forever etched in their minds. I have slept for two nights. I, I usually sleep well after a crucifixion, but not this time. This time, all I can see is blood. His blood splashed, spraying on my face. So much blood. It's as if the blood is still speaking. I've tried washing it off. Ugh. I tried washing it off, but it remains. I don't know if I will ever be able to sleep again. I, will I ever be able to sleep again? The betrayal of Judas. The ear of the guard. Did I really cut it off? Somehow, it seems it seems somehow like a dream now. And then I, I, I can't say it, but I must. I must face it. I denied him. I denied my friend, the son of God. The son of God, my teacher, Jesus, how is this possible? Are you really dead? I kept waiting for you to fight to show that you are God, but they killed you. And now you're dead. You're dead. Oh, my son, you're gone. You tried to prepare me, but no one could have prepared me for this. Oh, Adeline, my heart is broken. Oh, Father, help me. Give me strength. I need you, Adeline. I need your help now to bear this pain. To bear this pain for what I have done. The weight is becoming too much. Why? This was just another execution. Why can't I snap out of this? This is a, a cruel fate of the gods. Why was I the one chosen? The one chosen? Yes, I realize you were the one chosen. The angel told us this at the beginning. You were Emmanuel the one chosen to save all mankind. And yet, you are still my son, my precious Jesus. I wasn't ready. I knew this day would come. I just wasn't ready to see you. To see you arrested by the soldiers? To see you on trial, like a criminal. I thought I'd be brave enough, but I wasn't. Still, 
can't believe I denied you. You three times. To think about it now, now is like watching myself in slow motion. You knew I would betray you. You even prayed for me beforehand. Now you're dead and it's all over. I had I have no chance to be forgiven. Forgiven? You forgave me for so much to be loved. You were the one who loved me in spite of my sin. And now to watch you on the cross, the pain, the agony, to watch. To watch him die, I just can't get that scene. The cross, out of my mind. But to know that I was the one, I drove the nails. I was the one. I pierced his side. I was the one. I was one who left you. I ran away denying you. How could I have left you? You, the one who called me, showed me love, healed my mother-in-law, saved me from drowning. You, who called me a rock, you, the son of God. The son of God. Yes. He was not just a God. He really was the son of God. Son of God. Yes, you were. But to me, you were just my son. My precious son, Jesus. And now you're gone. And I feel a part of me has died too. Adonai, what am I to do now? What am I to do now? Where am I to go? I feel paralyzed by all that has happened. How can I just go back to living a normal life? I can never forget seeing you, my Jesus, on the cross. The cross. It was just another crucifixion. I've done hundreds of them. Why can't I get this one out of my mind? Why does his blood seem to stain my hands? Why do his words still pierce my heart? Pierce my heart? Simon was right long ago. Simon the prophet told me a sword would pierce my heart. And it has at the cross. As each person thinks about the impact that the cross had for them, they are unaware that the night has slowly given way to morning. On this Sunday morning, another powerful event is happening. It too will change their lives forever. He is alive. He is alive forever. John 3.16, for God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him will not die but have everlasting life. First John 4.10, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the satisfaction for our sins. John 15, 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Oh, what love. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but all have sinned. And so that the wages of that sin or the penalty is death. That is eternal separation from God. So how can we say that we will not perish but have everlasting life when we have been to many funerals? How can we say that, Pastor G? Because we're not talking, Agape, about a physical death. We just witnessed how Jesus died on the cross. Did you know that in Hebrews, it says that there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. Yes, in Hebrews chapter 9, 21st verse, it says there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. God cannot look on sin. And when we sinned, we needed a way for God to forgive us. So God instituted way back when in the Old Testament, sacrificing spotless lambs. But did you know that every year they had to come and make a new sacrifice for the sins that they've committed? Every sin that they committed had to be covered. So they had to make many, many trips to the temple to cover their sins. Notice I said cover. It's a lot like when we go to bed at night and it's cold outside, we pull the covers over us. Now, someone looking on can, can't see what's under the covers. All they can see is whatever that is that's covering you. But I stopped by to tell you that when Jesus stepped up on that cross, oh, hallelujah, he did not just cover our sin, but he washed it away so that it would be as though we had no sin. Oh, yes, we still sin. We do things wrong. But the Bible says if we confess our sins in 1 John, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to wash away our sin because that blood that Jesus shed so many years ago still washes away our sin. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, washes us, cleanses us from all sin. Why is that so important? Because God wants to have fellowship with us. God wants to have a real unbroken relationship. So we're reminding ourselves of what Jesus did on the cross. On Good Friday, which I call Crucifixion Day, we were reminded of the penalty that Jesus paid. For us, 
We are reminded in Matthew 27. We're reminded in Mark 15 and 16 chapters. We're reminded in Luke, the 22nd and 23rd chapters. We're reminded in John, in the 18th through the 21st chapters. There's the whole story of what happened when Jesus died. But did you know that when Jesus, before he was arrested, had his supper with his disciples, he told them as he gave them the wine and said, this is my blood of the new covenant. That's what we need to remember. It was a new agreement. And what is the agreement, Pastor G? That that blood that he shed not only would take away our sin, but guess what, Agape? It was your passport. Anybody here have a passport? A passport is that book that allows you to go from city to city, country to country and be able to come back home again. And it has in there pertinent information about you. I stopped by to tell you that the death that Jesus suffered on the cross for you and for me was our passport to heaven. Because without that death, on the cross, washing away our sin. That was the A part of the plan. But did you know that when Jesus died on the cross, he did not stay dead? It says in the Bible that in three days he rose again. And I want to read Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body. Very early on the first day of the week and just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. Hallelujah. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples in Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Agape, Jesus told his disciples that he reminded them of what happened with Jonah in the Old Testament. He told them when he walked among them, he said, as Jonah was in the belly of a whale, for three days, so must the Son of God go into the belly of the earth. This is what happened between Jesus's death and burial and when he rose again. The Bible tells us that he told us that he was going into the belly of the earth. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 27, verse 52, that when Jesus died, tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Notice it didn't just say people. 
holy people were raised to life. Why? Because Jesus went down to hell. He went down to Abraham's bosom where all that believed in the promised Messiah and that worshiped and loved God were, and he brought them back up. But there was a reason people saw the holy people raised to life, to show that this was not the death that Jesus suffered that was a permanent death, but he rose again. The resurrection today is very important to the death of Jesus Christ. Anybody could die a martyr. In fact, we have many who did die as martyrs. In fact, all of the disciples died as martyrs, but Jesus is the one who rose again, thereby making it possible that when John 3.16 says we shall not perish, it means we are going to rise again. Why are we going to rise again? To walk the earth? To be a testimony that Jesus died and rose again? No, so that we can go straight to the throne room of heaven and there have fellowship with God. Hallelujah. There where that sin had broken relationship, the resurrection opened it. Jesus paved the way. It's sort of like this. God sent his son Jesus down to love on us, to die for us. God sent his son Jesus down so that we would have eternal life. And when Jesus, obedient to the death of the cross, went back to heaven, and you'll see in the reading of those passages where Jesus took his blood and showed it, presented it to God. This is the shed blood. Shed. I am the lamb that's giving you the once and forever blood that will wash away and not just cover the sin of my people. He opened the door and he welcomed us in. He opened the door and he welcomes us in. The resurrection, resurrection day is our day. And so we wear a cross around our neck. We have have crosses on our door. What does the cross represent? Wearing the cross represents our passport to heaven. Wearing the cross represents the fact that did you know Jesus didn't need nails to hold him up there? That was just cosmetics, y'all. I want you to remember when you put your cross on, that was just cosmetics. Do you know what kept him there? You kept him there. I kept him there. When they went to put the nail and he looked at the names on the palm of his hand because God said our names are written on his palm. And so when they went to put the nail on his hand, he saw Giselle. When they put the nail on his hand, he saw Symphony. When they put that nail in his hand, he saw James. He saw Bobby. When they put that nail in his feet, he saw Jada. When they put that nail all in his arms, he saw Zena. He saw Lynn. He saw Maureen. He saw Tamika. He saw Alfred. He saw Edna. He saw Deirdre. He saw us, y'all, and it was love that kept him on the cross. 
not the nails. He could have called, the song goes, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set them free. But he died alone for you and for me. So when you look at your cross and when you look at the fact that it's empty and when we want to judge the Catholics because they still have Jesus on a crucifix, I want you to remember Jesus Kept, we kept Jesus on that cross. Why? Because he loved us. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. What is the resurrection? What are we celebrating? We are celebrating the fact that, yes, we all have a passport, a one-way ticket to heaven. But guess what? The Bible says he's coming back again. So what does a passport do? It allows you to leave the country and it allows you to come back. Jesus's resurrection was the exclamation point. And as I like to say to the kids when we're learning gram grammatical marks, a fizz, a fizz pop. He was the exclamation point that resurrection to the death of the cross. Yes. The cross still speaks. Why? Because he shed his blood for you and me. But that's not how the story ends. Three days later, he rose again. And he was working in between y'all. And the Bible and a lot of preachers say it this way. He went down to hell and stole the keys of sin and death from the devil. He just went down and took them. But the devil knew that he had, he was fighting a losing battle when Jesus was born, amen? And I don't believe the devil th thought for one minute that he was killing, killing Jesus. What he was doing was sealing the fate of those that were doing it because Jesus, he knew, was headed for him. And if I were the devil knowing Jesus was headed for me, I'd be trying to shore up things. But he knew that in the presence of his very creator, in the presence of God, he had to go with the program. Amen. So what I encourage each of us as we look at our crosses and as we see ourselves as Jesus did on the cross, I want to encourage you to tell others because that is what Jesus said as he rose again. He said, go and make disciples. Why do we need to make disciples? Because we don't want anyone to go to a crisis eternity. There are plenty of passports waiting for those that will accept Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless your name and we thank you. We thank you and we praise you for your resurrected work as well as the blood work you did on the cross for us so that we can call our Father God, Abba, Daddy, and know that he can hear us and love on us and care for us. Amen.